Luke 24, starting in verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And now from Acts verses. 1 through 3 of chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we do thank you for your holy word. It is all true. We're thankful, Holy Spirit, that you illuminate these words. And Jesus, even as you reveal your work in Luke 24, you open our minds that we might understand what is being said. Do that work now. In the few minutes that we spend here in these these passages, I pray that you would bless the preached word, that it would prepare us for the table and beyond that we really would sense the power at work in our lives right now. Your work, Jesus, fulfilling the mission for which you came, for which you created us, for which you've called us. We thank you for this and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I was at DFW getting ready to fly to Taos, New Mexico for a wedding. It was a spectacular wedding. It was a beautiful outdoor wedding. And while I was there, I had a little time, and so I decided to get my shoe shined. I walked down the airport and found the little cove where there was a woman present, and she was shining one man's shoe. There was an open seat, so I hopped up inside. I planned to basically go through email, etc., while she was shining my shoes. The man finished, she finished the man, he left, and then she grabbed hold of my feet, both hands, and she said, blessed ye in the name of Jesus. It was quiet, very, very quiet, but blessed be him in the name of Jesus. She said those words, and I said, what did you say? <laughs> and she was startled. I said it that forcefully. What did you say? And I said, did you say blessed be in the name of Jesus? Yes. I said, I love that. I love him. And she goes, oh, I thought you were going to be upset with me because most people are. 
I said, do you do that every time you shine somebody's shoes? Yes, every time. Her name's Elizabeth. She loves Jesus. I said, tell me about your story. And she said, I grew up in South America and my parents were missionaries and they were killed when I was 10 years old for being missionaries. And I lived a life of hatred towards God. I was sent to family members to live with. There was this, this intense wall of rejection of God. But oh, about 10 years ago, after a broken marriage, which I should never have been in, the Lord saved me. He saved me. And she's beginning to get very dramatic. And I'm loving it. It is really sweet. She's grabbing my feet still and has not yet polished one part of them. <laughs> I said, you know, you're eventually going to have to shine my shoes. She goes, oh, and she starts rubbing. I said, tell me about your church. Where do you go to church? And then she lit up. And she began to describe her church. Tears filled her eyes. She talked about all the ways she was plugged in. She talked about the preaching and the worship and the gifts of God, how she delighted in cooking for the church every Sunday morning. She was just ecstatic about who she was in Christ and in this particular expression of her church. She didn't ask me about this church. There was not time and she finished shining my shoes. But as I flew from Dallas to Taos, New Mexico, I thought a lot about what I would have said. If she would have said, tell me about your church, I believed I would have had tears in my eyes too because I love you. I love seeing the way the Lord is moving in and through this body to make a difference in the world. I love that Robbie prayed for my little girl who left for Japan on Friday. I love seeing my wife in the balcony as he prayed that prayer, begin to fan her face because the tears are still very real. I love that I got so many texts from you saying, your daughter is going to make known the name of Jesus in a very cold country. I love the stories that I get to hear each week from you about your own story of rescue. I love it. And this morning, because of the time, it's gonna be very short but it's going to be very powerful because I want you to remember one thing as we get ready to enter into Acts. This is it. Jesus Christ is Lord and he is at work right now. Jesus Christ is Lord and he is working here and now. Why that phrase? Because that's the phrase that Luke is seeking to teach us. Whenever we think about the church, whenever someone asks you about your church, whenever you ask them about theirs, there are many things that people might say if it's truly a part of the true church. They might speak about their pastor. They might speak about the choir. They might speak about the music. They might speak about the service. So many things that we could speak about. But every man and woman and child that's part of the true church of Jesus, Luke's going to teach us, ought to respond the same way every time at the beginning. What's the first thing that we should say about the church? That Jesus is Lord and that he is at work here and now. 
No matter how Martin and the staff and the 80 or so people that gather in that first week and begin to share the excitement about this new church, no matter what all they see happening, the most important thing that they should say from the beginning is, Jesus is Lord and he is, he is at work here and now. Just like he is in this church. Just like he is in every true church. And here's why that matters. Over time, people who are part of the church can actually begin to live as if they are practicing practical deism. The idea that God simply wound up this thing called the church or even creation and then just let it go. And he doesn't really interfere. He's not involved that much. It just is happening. We would never say we believe that, but practically speaking, so often, that's how we're living. Our meager prayers, our high level of anxiety, our, our sense of discipleship, and so often the limited commitment we have to it is a sign that we truly don't believe that he and his powerful, omnipotent presence is at work here and now. The temptation is to think that Jesus was, a, was at work in the past and that he's going to be at work in the future. And yes, in the future, there is going to be this moment of power when every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord when he returns. But between now and then, I don't know if I feel that power. I don't know if I see that power. The things that the gospel promises seem to be distant. My friends, I'm telling you, if we listen to Luke, Luke is saying, Jesus is Lord. And he is at work here and now. And what that means is all of the power that God possesses, all of the wisdom that God has is available to us as he wants it to be. And as his people who belong to him, the one who is Lord, we are the church in which he is the head. And no matter what somebody would ask you or when they might ask you about your church, the first thing we ought to say is, Jesus is Lord and he is at work here and now. One of the reasons that that feels sometimes like a disconnect is that this side of heaven, as we talked about for a year, the sojourn is hard. Sometimes it doesn't feel like he's at work. It feels like darkness is winning, but it's, it's not. You are part of the church, and there is nothing like the church in the world. Luke, if we will listen to him, is going to give us an orderly account of what Jesus did when he walked upon the earth. But what Luke records at the end of his gospel, book one, is the mission of Jesus Christ. Next week, you're going to see the credibility of the word of God, the clarity of the mission of God, and the clothing of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's coming next week. That's the three-point outline next week. But for today, the foundation is this. Jesus is Lord he is at work here and 
now. And you and I must describe the church that way every day up until we fall on our face, when we're in his presence or when he returns and we drop to our knees and say with our tongues, he's Lord. My friends, God is far more powerful than you know. He has the ability to overwhelm you with his power and presence more so than the worries of this life, the pains of this life, the doubts and disappointments that you experience. And for many Christians, we go through these cycles where each day with Jesus is not necessarily sweeter than the day before. Doubt fills us. Fear consumes us. Sometimes just the, the mundane realities of life cause us to be so bored even with our faith. But it's there in our own helpless state that the Lord reveals his power. Like individuals who go through cycles, so do churches. Churches go through cycles because they're filled with people who go through cycles. But no matter where the church, a specific church, is in a cycle, whether it's booming in growth, like it like the churches in some parts of the world, or whether it's like in Europe where it's very, very dark, God is still at work here and now. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to redeem whoever he wants. And we're gonna see that. Do you think there was ever a moment as the apostles gathered around as Paul began to murder Christians? Do you think there was ever a moment when one of them said, you know, God's going to use him to write 13 books of the Bible, I bet. <laughs> it's amazing. That happened. And we're going to see it as we go through Luke. That God that saved that man is alive. And he is at work here and now. 26 years from now, St. Jude, Oak Cliff, is going to be as old as this church is. We'll be in our 50s. Some of you will be with Jesus. Some of your children will be leading this church. I doubt Martin will be the pastor of that church. Isaac might. But the people worshiping there 26 years from now ought to say the same thing that they're about to say. And Martin said it. He is at work here and now. He is at work here and now. The reason Jesus gave us the sacrament of the Lord's table is because he knew we would need this mercy he knew we would need a feast that reminded us of what he had done in the past and a feast that would remind us of a feast that's coming in the future. But Jesus didn't give us this sacrament just to focus us on the past or to point our eyes towards the future. He gave us this feast so that we could sense his power and presence in this moment here and now. And so for all who are in Christ Jesus, who belong to a church that proclaims Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, this table is for you.
to take hold of this gift that God has given us, his son, and to feast, remembering his body broken for you and his blood poured out for you. My dear friend, if you have come today and you are not a believer in Jesus, as the rest of the body that truly knows him comes forward, I would encourage you to stay in your seat and just consider what you're witnessing. That's not a judgment from me. It's the scripture which casts that warning. It's called fencing the table. I hope as you witness that, that you will pray and see that the Lord is indeed the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. For all who are in Christ Jesus, this meal is for you. It's not just a moment that's sacred. It is a moment that's not just this pageantry. It is a real feast where you taste the goodness of God, when you sense the presence of the Lord in this place, where you leave knowing that you are his. He's telling you through this sacrament that he's at work here and now. This morning, he's brought us to this place, and I believe it's to remind us again of who he is, what he has accomplished, what he will accomplish, and what he is accomplishing here and now.